0: Chapter 22 of Mary Louise by elfrankbaum.redforlibraryvox.org into the public domain. Chapter 22 The Folks at Bigby's Mr. Connaught decided to take the Friday morning train back to Dorfield saying it would not be possible for him to remain at the lodge over Sunday because important business might require his presence in town. This demise of Mrs. Burrows he said confidentially to his wife in the privacy of their room may have far-reaching results, and turn the whole current of Colonel Weatherby's life. "'I don't see why,' said Aunt Hannah. "'You're not expected to see why,' he replied. "'As the Colonel is my most important client, I must be at the office in case of developments or a sudden demand for my services. I will tell you one thing, however, and that is that this vacation at Hillcrest Lodge was planned by the Colonel while I was in New York, with the idea that he and Mrs. Burrows would come here secretly, and enjoy a nice visit with Mary Louise.' "'You planned all that, Peter?' "'Yes. That is, whether he planned it. He knows Will Morrison well, and Will was only too glad to assist him. So they wired me to come to New York, where all was quickly arranged. This place is so retired that we considered it quite safe for the fugitives to come here.' "'Why didn't they come, then?' Two reasons prevented them. One was the sudden breaking of Mrs. Burroughs' health. The other reason was the Colonel's discovery that in some way our carefully laid plans had become known to the detectives who are seeking him. "'Good gracious!' "'Are you sure of that, Peter?' The Colonel seemed sure. He maintains a detective force on his own account, and his spies discovered that Hillcrest is being watched by agents of the Secret Service. "'Dear me, what a maze of deceit!' wailed the good woman. "'I wish you were well out of the whole affair, Peter, and I wish Mary Louise was out of it, too.' "'So do I, with all my heart. But it's coming to a focus soon, Hannah. Be patient, and it may end better than we now fear.' So Bub drove Mr. Connaught to Millbank, and then the boy took the car to the blacksmith's shop to have a small part repaired. The blacksmith made such a bungle of it and wasted all the forenoon before he finally took Bub's advice about shaping it, and the new rod was attached and found to work successfully. It was after one o'clock when the boy at last started for home, and on the way was hailed by a stranger, a little man who was trudging along the road with both hands thrust in his pockets. "'Going far?' he asked. "'Up the mountain to Hillcrest,' said Bub oh may i have a lift how fur well i can't say how far i'll go i'm undecided just came out here for a little fresh air you know with no definite plans explained the stranger hop in said bub and for a time they rode together in silence this ere's the huddle as we's comin to announced the boy Old oh, miss parsons she sometimes takes boarders that's kind of her remarked the stranger but the air isn't so good as further up the hill "'If you go up,' said Bub with a grin, "'I guess you'll have to camp out and eat scrub. "'Nobody don't take boarders up the mountain.' "'I suppose not.' He made no demand to be let out at the huddle, so Bub drove on. "'By the way,' said the little man, "'isn't there a place called Bigby's near here?' "'Coming to it pretty soon. "'They's some gals livin' there now, so you won't care to stop.' "'What sort of girls are they?' "'Sort of queer.' "'Yes?' bet betcha.' "'Come from the city a while ago and livin' by themselves. "'Something wrong about them girls,' added Bub reflectively. "'In what way?' asked the little man, in a tone of interest. "'They ain't here for nothin' special cept watchin' the folks at Hillcrest. "'Them's the folks I belongs to, four bits a week. "'They's something queer about them, too, "'but I guess all the folks is queer that comes out here from the city.' "'Quite likely,' agreed the little man, nodding. "'Let me out at Bigby's, please, "'and I'll look over those women and form my own opinion of them.' "'They may perhaps be friends of mine.' "'In that case,' asserted Bub, "'I pity a stranger. "'For my part, I ain't got no use for anything that wears a skirt. "'Except one or two, maybe,' he added reflectively. "'Most men I can get along with frustrate. "'But if a man ever gets in trouble, "'or begins cussin' and acts ugly, "'it's cause some gals rubbed him crosswise the grain, "'or stuck a knife in him, "'and twisted the blade, so's to speak. "'You're an observant lad, I see. "'When I'm awake I can't help seein' things.' "'And you're a pastoral philosopher.' Bub scowled and gave him a surly glance. "'What's the use firing that highbrow stuff at me?' he asked, indignantly. "'I suppose you think I'm a kid, just cause I don't do no fancy talkin." "'I suspect you've nothing but generosity in giving me this ride,' said the stranger pleasantly. "'Is that Bigby's over yonder?' "'Yes.' The little man got out at the point where the Bigby Drive met the road, and walked up the drive toward the house. Agatha Lord was standing at the gateway as he approached it, and seemed rather startled at his appearance. But she quickly controlled her surprise and asked in a calm voice as she faced him, "'What's up, O'Gorman?' "'Hathaway's coming here,' he said. "'Are you sure?' "'He's in Dorfield today, waiting to see Lawyer Connaught, who went in on the morning train. Where's Nan?' "'Here, my lord,' said Nan Shelley, stepping from behind a tall shrub. "'How are you, partner? I recognized you as you passed the huddle with the boy. "'Field glasses, eh?' "'There isn't much escapes you, Nan.' "'Why didn't you tell me?' asked Agatha, reproachfully. "'Why don't you make your own discoveries?' retorted her confederate. Then, turning to O'Gorman, she continued, "'So Hathaway's coming here, is he? At last.' "'A little late, but according to program. How have you been getting along?' "'Bored to death,' asserted Nan. "'Agatha's played the lady, and I've done the dirty work. But tell me, why didn't you nab Hathaway at Dorfield?' O'Gorman smiled a little grimly as he answered, "'I'm not sure, Nan, that we shall nab Hathaway at all.' "'Isn't he being shadows?' With some surprise. "'No, but he'll come up here right enough, and then—' "'And then,' she added, as he paused, "'the chase of years will come to an end.' "'Exactly. We may decide to take him to Washington, and we may not.' She gazed at him inquiringly. "'There are some new developments, then, O'Gorman?' "'I'm inclined to suspect there are. "'Known to the department?' "'Yes. I'm to investigate and use my judgment.' "'I see. Then Agatha and I are out of it?' "'Not yet. I'm still depending on your shrewdness to assist me. The office has only had a hint, so far, of the prospective break in the case, but—' "'Oh, yes, I remember now,' exclaimed Nan. "'That girl up at Conant sent a telegram in a desperate hurry. I suspected it meant something important. Who is she, O'Gorman? And why did the chief cut under us by planting Sarah Judd in the Conant's household?' "'He didn't. The girl has nothing to do with the department.' "'Then some of you intercepted the telegram?' "'We know what it said,' he admitted. "'Come, let's go to the house. I've had no lunch. Can you feed me?' "'Certainly.' They turned and walked slowly up the path, said Nan musingly. "'That Sarah Judd is rather clever, O'Gorman. Is she in Hathaway's pay?' "'I think not,' he replied, with an amused chuckle. Nan tossed her head indignantly. "'Very well. Play me for a ninny if you like,' she said resentfully. "'You'll get a heap more out of me in that way.' "'Now, now,' said Agatha warningly, Keep your tempers and don't quarrel. You two are like cats and dogs when you get together, yet you're the two cleverest people in the service. According to your story, Mr. O'Gorman, there's an important crisis approaching, and we'd all like to be able to render a good account of ourselves. Agatha Lord may have lacked something of Nan's experience, but this speech proved her a fair diplomat. It dispersed the gathering storm, and during the rest of that afternoon the three counseled together in perfect harmony.' O'Gorman confiding to his associates such information as would enable them to act with him intelligently Hathaway and peter Conant could not arrive till the next day at noon they might even come by the afternoon train Nan's field glasses would warn them of the arrival and meanwhile there was ample time to consider how they should act chapter twenty two read by sibella denton for more free audio or to volunteer please visit Librivox.org.